please be advised that the content of this show is for adults 18 and older due to mature topics and subject matter. Hi everyone, I'm Abby from Dublin, Ireland, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Allow me to introduce the guy I dumped once upon a time and lived to regret it, Jao Sang, your host in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Now for those of you who have been listening to the show for a very long time, I do apologize about the uh, recycling of some of the episodes that we've done recently. We're trying to get ready for next year. Now, I'll still be doing a daily show. It'll still be where I'm recording it. And it will be up by 12 a.m., on every morning, at least at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll try my best to keep it up there. Now, here is a few things that may change. We had to do away with uh, some of the underperforming episodes. And what we decided to do was to go with at least shows that had 15 plays now to keep on. Anything less than that, we had to let it go its way. Now, there'll be one or two that Gina and uh, Natalie begged for me to keep, so we kept those two ourselves. But the rest of them, at least 15 plays or more. Now, we're going to be covering more topics. I uh, looked at the statistics on our demo. 85% of our listeners now are over the age of 60, which is cool. At least on Spotify. I don't know about all the rest. Now, those are our ferocious uh, security team outs there making sure that uh, the parameter is safe. Barking at a trash can. It's being moved. But anyway, um, and of course we've had an increase of, I believe, 93% female over the age of 60 that listens to the show, which is great. I don't have any problem with that. But like I said, as long as you're over the age of 18, we're going to address topics on this show pertaining to a plethora of things. Now, isn't that to discourage those of you who write into the show and want your topic addressed? We still will do that without any problem. The only thing is, if it's an underperformer, we can only probably do it maybe once or twice. That would be it. Just wanted to give you the heads up on that. As I told you before, I made a promise to you back in 2019, was it 2018, 2019, that we wouldn't charge a subscription fee. However, there is a button on there for $4.99 a month if you so desire, but you don't have to. By no stretch. Because I made you that promise. I took all of the ads off of the podcast. Because there will be certain music segments that we may play. And therefore, we're not in the ad revenue realm. So therefore... We might be able to do a few things. Now, especially on the New Year's show. I mean, sorry, 
biggest Eve show. I put a little thing in there, and I hope you guys will like it. Um, yes, I'm singing. And uh, if you have any dogs in the house, you might want to hide them because they might start howling with me. I'll let you be the judge. I'm not going to say a word. But it's one song just to express my gratitude to you guys over this holiday season. Now, what is he going to talk about today is what you're probably asking. Ooh, folks. Let me tell you. A lot of things. Kathy F. writes the following out of Sarasota, Florida. I've been trying to figure out a way to introduce my new lover to my family. My family has long thought that I have been a straight female. I've had a liking for other females ever since I was a teenager. I made out with my best friend. We still make out to this day and we both are in our 40s. We do it on occasion. However, now I think I've fallen for the ultimate girl. She's a little bit younger than I am, 28, but we get along very well. I don't know if Christmas would be the ideal time for me to introduce her. I thought about it Thanksgiving. I met her family on Thanksgiving. and Things went very well. They were very accepting. And this was the first time she'd ever been with a woman as well. My family, on the other hand, they're a little bit more conservative. And the tolerance level is zero when it comes down to any kind of relationship involving same sex. When, if ever, should I introduce her to my family? Or should I just ignore it and just have us go to our separate families and then have our own little rendezvous afterwards? Your thoughts, please. And by the way, I haven't forgotten you love women in comfortable shoes, LOL. Yes, my dear, I do love lesbians. I don't know why I like lesbians. They're cool. I, you know, I'm not threatened by a lesbian. They're the coolest people. It's weird. Because I have a lot of lesbian female friends. And they're cool. I'm talking about the biological women. They're funny. And every one of them that I've known have worn comfortable shoes. There was this one lady, never forget, she and her girlfriend had on these damn, um, they were loafers. But they were this suede, they were made out of this suede material. And it had the padding inside. And she took off her shoe and she said, feel this. And I thought, I'm like, shit, I wanted to walk around with those things on my hand. They bought them in Italy. And so ever since then, I always referred to lesbians as the women with comfortable shoes. So you know. Now, some of these straight ladies don't be threatened by this by no stretch. 
because it seems like they're a little bit more disciplined when it comes down to choosing partners and that kind of thing. But ma'am, getting to your particular situation, I will tell you this. You got to do what's going to make the two of you comfortable. This has to do with your relationship, not their opinion. You're doing this out of courtesy to them. But I think what's going to happen is going to be a disservice to yourself and to your partner. I would say let them find out. You're in a mode now where you have to protect your partner because what's going to happen? You're going to get ridiculed, but there'll be a bias for you because they love you because you're a family member. But she's going to be the adversary where they would think, oh, well, she turned her this way or made her this way. And they're not going to believe you about you having your feelings. Because after all, they control you as they see it. You know, when they say, oh, you know, I didn't raise you like that. What they're saying, in essence, is I didn't control you like that. That was one thing I was glad that my folks didn't do. I never had that control aspect of my development. Didn't have nobody telling me, oh, you're going to be an astronaut, and you're going to be this, and you're going to be that. You know what they did? They asked me, one main question. We made the sacrifice. We would like for you to be better than us. As they perceived better. Dad had a bachelor's. Mom had a bachelor's. They wanted me to do better. And then I thought, I said, well, Aren't they trying to control me in a way? But no. What they wanted to see, they wanted to see some sort of tangible result of their efforts. I said, I could grant them that. After all, they fed me, they clothed me. They did all these wonderful things for me. The least I can do is take this opportunity and advance it. And I started thinking about my father and his father, who was a sharecropper, and his father that was born on a plantation as a slave, and his father's father that was a slave. And it all adds up. Progressively, every generation did better than the last. I'd be a fool not to take advantage of the opportunity. And so along the way, not only did I take on the philosophy of not doing that, why would I want to eat the ears of a pig, the snout of a pig, the feet of a pig, the tail of a pig that my ancestors had to eat, the intestines of a pig? They had to eat that because it was all that was left. The term, high on the hog. The ham, the pork chops, spare ribs. If you're going to go that way. Personally for me, pork has too much salt, so I'm not a fan. 
beef and chicken and fish. Oh, I'm going to fuck y'all up. Can't do duck. Duck is too greasy. Can't do venison because it makes you smell like the meat. I did have a moose burger one time. And I'll tell you what else is pretty good is that bison meat because it's real lean. And ostrich is good too. I had an ostrich, ostrich burger in San Bernardino one time. Very, very tasty. Now, My dear, do it at a pace where the two of you deem it palatable for you to go forward. So when you do tell your folks, you're at a point where it doesn't matter what they say. It's what you feel. But first it will be what you know. And that knowing would be knowing that you and your partner have a solid bond together and you can go forward face the world with it. Because see, you're going to have to face the trauma of society in general. Because there are going to be assholes out there. And you already know this. So you have to contend with it, right? So why worry? Now, Let's carry on. Robert writes the following out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I know this may be fucked up, but please tell me I'm doing the right thing. I was dating a girl a while back. She got locked up. She'd be in prison for five years. I met one of her friends, and she wears the same size ring. I was going to buy this ring for my girl at first, and I have it on layaway. And I'm thinking about popping a question. I'm doing this on the down low. My girl is locked up, doesn't know. I'm keeping everything going. I'm living in her apartment, driving her car, paying the bills, in order to keep everything cool for her when she gets out. By the time she gets out, me and the new girl plan on having our own place and then old girls can still keep us stuck. Do you think this is a little bit too much drama? Do you think I should just go ahead and let everything go and just stick with old girl, the new one? Robert, Chattanooga, Tennessee. You got a lot going on, bro. Now let me see if I can unpack this. So with the ring... I guess you had it on layaway for your original girl. She got locked up for whatever reason. And now you started messing around with a friend. And you're thinking about getting a ring for her. And you guys are going to become an item. And when you become that item, you're going to basically live over at a girl's place until you guys have put away enough money in order to get your own. Oh, you're a scandalous fuck, ain't you? Now, here's the thing you got to remember. <laughs> what about her family members? You think they're not going to come over there and check and see what's going on in her place? Or are you just going to be the PR man that's, that's acting like 
you're taking taking care of everything and keep old girl in the bedroom or somewhere hidden from them. Please tell me you're going to see at least old girl during Christmas while she's locked up. I just got a feeling your ass is a schemer. So the way you look at it, you're paying her car note, paying the insurance on the car, and using it while she's locked up. I'm just curious. You can write me back. Let me know what she locked, got locked up for, if you don't mind. You don't have to give me all the details, but just an idea. I hope it wasn't something violent. But it's up to you to make the decision. Personally, before I would start another relationship, I would get out of that one that you're in now. Because old girl going to be pissed when she gets out of prison. She is not going to be happy. All right. Let's carry on. Judy writes the following. And Judy is out of St. Louis, Missouri. I've been trying to think about a way of doing this so that it will not offend too many people in my family. I'm white. I'm 51 years old. I'm in madly in love with a 39-year-old black man. And my family will not understand the first thing about our relationship. One, about the age gap. And two, because he's black. I'm thinking about not even showing up for Christmas dinner. I avoided Thanksgiving already. And I'm wondering whether or not I should do the same for Christmas. Because once they find out, I'm never going to live it down. They're going to drive me to the end of the earth with this. Any ideas, any thoughts, I would appreciate it. Judith? How close are you to your family? First thing I'd look at. Is it hurting you to be with him? Because it's separating you from your family. Here's the thing you have to realize when it comes down to not having someone, being with someone that's not accepted by somebody else like your friends or family. You have to make a choice. And when you make that choice, the consequences will be usually isolation, disdain, you name it. But you have to realize what are you doing? You're taking control over your life, right? They don't have control over it in that sense. So they're upset about the control they don't have because they've raised you, influenced you in a certain way, and they, the expectations are you will reflect that influence by your behavior. And when you don't do that, people get upset. You know, it's like you go to church every Sunday and then one day you're having a conversation with one of your congregants and you say, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus or the Bible. I'm just showing up because you guys have some damn good communion, wolfish grape juice on Sunday and you have all these damn dinners and you got some fine-ass women in this place. Well, that person would have felt as though, damn it, we didn't get through to him. Well, this is how they feel in situations like that, I'm sure. So, 
one thing I would tell you, if you're in any kind of relationship, whether she's a BBW and you're a skinny guy, whether she's black and you're white or vice versa, whether one's a trans and the other one's a person, a guy, whether it's a situation where it's two men, two women, you have to work on your relationship, the foundation of it, before you present yourself to anyone that's going to try to separate you. And I'm talking about anyone voluntarily, like your family and friends, and people that are supposed to love you. And understand there will be hurt when you get rejected by some. Expect that. And don't try to change their opinion. They have to change for themselves. They're the ones that have to figure out a way to digest it and to understand. Not your, That's not your burden. And I think sometimes what you try to do is waste too much time trying to convert other people from, to your perspective. You will not be able to. It's not designed for that. You know, like minds usually stick together. Just like there are people that will be against you. You got to be around more supportive people that will be with you. And some of the very people you think that would despise you and hate you may be the very allies that you have in your corner. They may have to put on a show in front of their peers, but level with you in private. This is something that happened very commonly in the South when it, among slaves. When a master would be an asshole in public around everybody else, and then once they had more of a casual environment on the plantation, well, that slave might have a few more uh, amenities or a few more liberties that they wouldn't have in public. See, sometimes you got to act like you're a certain way around other people. You saw an example of this in the movie Schindler's List, where Schindler had to play along with the Nazis for a minute and act like that he was really going to dug out, you know, the Jewish people. But the man had a consciousness. And so therefore, you saw the change. Now, if I was Liam Neeson, I would never go to Albania. <laughs> Good luck. Now, um, Another thing I want to talk about pertaining to something like this, you will run across some people that are very aloof. Uh, they will come across with generosity at first, and then you realize you have to pay a price for that generosity. Some of you ladies experience that when the guy takes you out to dinner, then he expects sex, right? But there are some people that will go and do things for you and then complain afterwards as in the case of Shirley. And she's in Gainesville, Florida. I went on a date recently with this man that I met on OkCupid. God, what a big mistake. At first, everything was going fine, except when the bill came. He sat there and itemized everything on the bill. He had the poor waitress get the manager and they went over item by item and he tried to get things taken off. And legitimately, we actually ate and drank. 
We sat there for 30 minutes going backwards and forwards, and finally, I pulled out my credit card, and I said I would pay for the whole damn thing. He got upset with me, didn't speak to me for the rest of the evening. He took me home. Not a word said. I get out of the car, and then I get a text from him. Could I please reposition the seat in the car to the position it was in when I got into it? Gainesville, Florida. Folks, and especially you, Shirley, I wrote you back and told you, don't put yourself in a situation like that ever again. Take your own transportation. Now, here's the thing. He wanted control. Some people will assert control through generosity. Now, two things about these type of people. They have very few friends, usually. And usually their friends are pets, because people don't like them. Because of their personality that they don't have. And they will try to dress it up as humor, but it's not really humor. Many of these folks have had trauma somewhere in their lives where they were not in control. And what they do is they take it out going forward on other people. Let me tell you something, people. Hear me good. Please hear me well. Because I've been in three situations like that before. In none of those situations did the relationship see the light of day. You do not need someone controlling you or telling you nice things and then flipping it in a complaint. Don't deal with the bullshit. Oh, I was just playing. Now, surely I'm willing to bet you this guy's going to text you back or call you. He's going to apologize and he's going to say he was just joking. He wasn't serious. Oh, he was serious. Believe you me, that's who he was. The only thing he's trying to do is to line you up and punch you again. You don't need to deal with this shit. You don't have to take shit off of nobody in any relationship. You do it voluntarily if you do it. And it's up to your own peril. I'm just telling you, you don't have to do that. Because see, there's some women that have been so traumatized that they actually think that if a man even suggests something, because they might have a problem they're dealing with, but if he says something, all of a sudden he's intruding. Even if it's to her benefit to try to help her. She feels as though he's trying to control her. That means that that person never really had control in their own lives. They might have had domineering parents, domineering siblings, and they've always been trying to prove themselves. This is the reason why I tell you relationships are not designed for therapy. That person needs help before they need a, a person in their lives to share it with. I had the pleasure of talking to a friend of mine from years ago, recently. I saw her on Facebook and she hit me up and said, Hey, how's everything going? Everything's going fine. 
She's in her mid-50s now. And it was interesting because when I met her, she had absolutely no control over her life. I'll never forget her boyfriend. He was so insecure that I was here in the club and I would have to say hello to him and speak to him to say hello to her. So in essence, what I had to do was instead of, how are you doing, so-and-so, and so-and-so, I'd have to say, how are you guys? So in that way, it wasn't directed at her and he wouldn't get the hairs on his neck up thinking that I was trying to make a move on this woman because he was that insecure. And what she told me in our conversation, when I cleared it with her, asked her to be on the show if she wanted to. She said, you know, what really did it for her, her mother had called her. Her mother was in the hospital. And she was going to see her mom. Mom was ill. He said, no, took the car keys. You're going out to see some other man. The reason why he didn't want her to go because he didn't feel like getting dressed to go with her. Well, her mom passed away. And he's, I'm sorry, and maybe I shouldn't have done this, maybe I shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. Let me get dressed to go and help you make the funeral arrangements. She took the car keys, and she never came back. And that was the first time she stood up for herself. So I see her on Facebook, and she's all cheery and bright-eyed. She looks like the woman that she was in her 20s, now in her 50s, as far as being happy. She told me she'd never regret one thing. I was never confident enough to have a child. Because the relationships she found herself in, she didn't have the confidence in order to really choose the right man. Because being that she had chosen the wrong man all those years, she decided to just freeze up. And some people will do that. They don't want to get serious. And now she's realizing what she's missed out of life. Fellas, you'll run across a lot of women in their 40s and 50s that, believe it or not, this is the first time they've been free since they were a teenager or a child. And so they got to have that moment of adjusting. And if you come to them talking about a relationship and marriage, they want to hear that shit. They're like, you're going to send me back to that prison after I just got out? Mm-mm. So you had the other ones that had a positive experience in their marriage and they broke up or divorced due to certain circumstances. But the woman is not ruined. Oh, you got something to work with there. Or better yet, 
the woman who came out of a marriage and worked on herself for three or four years. But she doesn't feel like a victim. She's confident, but she doesn't feel as though she's got to prove a damn point on everything. She's not an activist. That's the kind of woman that's seasoned. And so she's already put things in their perspective and in their place. So she'll be able to contend with situations as she go along, goes along in life. Now, in the case of Shirley, she'd be shooting herself in the foot to give him the gratification of knowing that he has that kind of control. You see, one mechanism people will use, remember that term I always tell you about called inadequacy? That's poison to a relationship to a person in it? Because it means you didn't do something sufficient enough. Oh, some of you have already dealt with this and deal with it now. No matter what you do in a relationship, you're not good enough for something. Let me tell you other areas this is expressed. As you know, I'm on Star Maker Karaoke, right? You know they have karaoke snobs on there. You're not good enough. But yet these people haven't made it themselves, right? But they tell other people they aren't good enough. In order to make themselves feel better. So what it comes down to is the natural human instinct. I'll cut another person down in order to make me feel better about myself. So what they're doing is lowering the bar for themselves. I've always said that when someone has done something better than I did, I admire them and learn from them. Why not? That's better than clear hating. That's better than getting mad. Life is a learning experience. We do it every day. Yeah. This is a festive time of year. People are happy. People are enjoying it. Families, friends, celebrate. And one of the main challenges, as some of these people express, will be introducing your partner to the family, hoping for acceptance. But don't let that define you <coughs> as to whether or not they're going to accept you or not, or your relationship. It's not for them to determine, it's for you to determine. I dated a woman one time. This is no joke, folks. I didn't realize how big her hands and feet were. She wasn't a dude. She was a biological woman. And I picked her up. I met her in a mixer one night years ago. This was back in the mid-80s. And 
I didn't notice this shit until I picked her up on the date. And she was dressed very nicely. Conservatively dressed. And I looked at her shoes. Because she was only about 5'5". Five, five, which quite didn't meet my height standard. Because I prefer a woman that's at least around 5'7 and up. But I went on out with her. And then she went to hold my hand while I was driving. I had the other hand on the console. And she put her hand over my That motherfucker was heavy. <laughs> but she was very feminine. And then I'm driving along and got her hand on my hand. And I started thinking weird shit. And ladies, yes, we do. We think about weird shit like I'm thinking. Now, if I hear that beat, I mean, she could, a nice, whole, never mind. In other words, she wouldn't have any pressure. She wouldn't have to use two hands. So that was going to work for me. Just saying. When I dated someone with some little bitty hands, that shit's fucked up. They got to hold your dick just like you hold my ice cream cone. I want the ice cream to bottle off on the second uh, scoop. But anyway, we were on this date. Went to dinner. And she went to cross her legs under the table. And her toe, the toe of her shoe, hit my foot. And I'm like, God damn. That's some distance. Old girl took off her shoes. And I said, what size shoe you wear? She said, oh, I wear a 10. I'm like, God. <laughs> and I didn't mean to make the joke, but I said, if you kick somebody in the ass, you're going to have to hop them on the other leg in order to get to the ER. And she started laughing. She said, yeah, I know. I, I got big feet. But it looked out of proportion like a son of a bitch. But she couldn't help it. Very beautiful woman. So we went dancing, and it was kind of cool. She could cha cha and do all the rest, but it was just weird. And I know some of the other women were looking at her, and they were giggling because of her feet and her hands. I'm like, God damn! And I started looking shit up. You know, they got big hand syndrome, big foot syndrome. Hey, I wasn't sure. Mm -mm. But she was a nice lady, though. She was really nice. But we just didn't have the chemistry. It just wasn't there. But you'll run across people like that. And, you know, and you have to stand with them sometimes when they may have certain things. Certain oddities. This lady, uh, one day, because I was walking with my stick over to the store, and she's like, uh, Do you need any help? I could, I could drive you home. I said, No, that's okay. I'm waiting for the lift. She said, Well, lift's going to cost you money. I said, I know, but I can't get in the car with a stranger. She said, Look at me. I'm no stranger. I'm every bit of 5'5", five five and I 
you know, this and that. And I'm like, yeah. I said to myself, yeah, you fine as hell. And I asked, I said, are you married? She says, yes. I said, that's the reason why I'm not getting in the car with you. It really wasn't. I was going to ride with a damn stranger. Never know what would have happened. But I did appreciate her generosity and kindness. You run across those situations, especially this time of year. As I told you before, I think it was back in 2021, I went to have uh, breakfast at this restaurant on Plague, right over here in uh, North Las Vegas. And I'd ordered a big breakfast and everything. And at this restaurant, they send you the cup and the cup of coffee, and it's like a damn soup bowl. They had these big ass thick bacon strips and all the rest of the stuff, a huge ass biscuit and grits and everything. And there were two ladies that were sitting in the other booth across from me. What I didn't know, they had already paid for my meal. Never looked at me, never said a word. And I went to thank the ladies. I got up from the table to go thank them as they were getting in the car. And the one lady that was driving, she blew me a kiss and said, Merry Christmas. I was like, wow. You have some wonderful people in this world. And during this season, the better of our angels usually come out. And it's sad that it only happens during the holidays. It would be nice if it lasted throughout the years. But of course, once we get back to the grind of things, we go back into our old habits. Now, what I did, folks, on the Christmas Eve show, on the December 24th show of this year, I got a little treat for you. Now, some of you may need earmuffs. If you have dogs in the background, they may start howling. But I just wanted to wish you all a Merry Christmas. So you will hear that. So you have to listen to the whole podcast all the way through on the 24th, Christmas Eve. Now, Jeffrey, you've written me the following, and you asked me not to use your location. Justin, I've listened to your show now for about two years, and you've been spot on with everything you talk about when it comes down to dating women. I can truly say I actually have a balanced budget for the first time. And by going out there using my credit card foolishly, I've quit spending big money on first dates. I added everything up from last year's first dates, and I spent well over $8,000. Was it really worth it? To me, hell no. Not one of those relationships materialized into anything. I just want to give you my thanks and gratitude for opening the eyes of a 38-year-old man. I found a good woman, and the crazy thing about it, 
You can go to all places at Home Depot. She was buying sod for her yard, and I offered to help her. Amazing how we can meet people when we least expect. Jeffrey, undisclosed location he put down here. There's a U.S. flag beside it, an emoji. So I guess he's trying to be Dick Cheney. <laughs> That's cool. I appreciate it, Jeffrey. Thank you much, because, see, that's the purpose of this show. To help you make better choices when it comes to a relationship. To get past the aesthetics, the beauty, the glam, the money. To get to the core source of what's going to keep you together. How you guys compromise. How you guys can actually work through things together. How you can deal with each other. How you can manage prices. These are the things that most dating sites don't talk about. Most podcasts don't talk about. We get in the weeds. Now, let's see here. Stephanie writes the following. And Stephanie is out of Bastrop, Louisiana. I don't know if you've ever been to Bastrop. It's a small town in Louisiana right next to Mississippi. I understand that's where you're from. I'm really thinking about making a move to Atlanta. This guy and I have met online. I never met him personally. He sent me a lot of gifts through Amazon for my birthday, and he's sending me something special for Christmas. I just don't know because there are certain times I can't get in touch with him. When I try to call him, close the voicemail, He'll call me a couple of days later. This is the only glitch I see in our relationship. We've already had cyber sex. We've masturbated in front of each other on video calls. But it seems as if I can't get in touch with them when I want to. My sisters are telling me that I shouldn't go. My mom is like a hell no altogether. What are your thoughts about this? Because I'm only getting a woman's perspective. Stephanie, don't take your ass to Atlanta. If you go to Atlanta, a couple of things. Stay on the north side of Atlanta. Stay in a nice hotel. Try to get everything you need in that hotel. Don't go to his house. He comes to the hotel. You don't take him upstairs. You meet him at the restaurant there. You guys may have a bagel or whatever the hell. The goal is to find out who you're dealing with first. See, let me tell you something. He's doing what is called propping you. What propping is, he floods a woman with Yes. He loves bomber. He goes. He may do, you know, mutual masturbatory uh, practices on video chats and that kind of shit. This guy more than likely has obligations with another woman or women. Now I'm willing to bet you, he's having a hard time explaining what he was doing 
where you can get in touch with them for two or three days. See, a man who's pursuing you, he's going to answer back quickly. The gifts are made to placate you. And I guarantee you, you have more than he does as far as autonomy, flexibility, mobility. And I'm willing to bet you that if you were to come to Atlanta, as he offered you the opportunity to stand in his place, I bet you that hasn't come up. He's either dealing with a woman or he's dealing with a whole bunch of roommates. Or there's a third. He may be living at home or homeless. I could be wrong about everything that I'm assessing here. But I can only go by what you shared. But as a rule of thumb, I tell you ladies, if you're going to meet someone from out of town, stay in a hotel with your name on it. You have traveled to see him. The least he could do is bring his ass to the hotel to see you. Don't push going to his place. The reason why I say this, you don't know what that environment may entail. You don't. I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about the dude had uh, sent for this lady to come to one of his, I think he was in Baltimore. He goes, he picks the lady up from the airport, takes her to his place. They're walking to his place and he got robbed in his own neighborhood by somebody he knew. In front of this woman, he just brought in from out of state. How fucked up can that be? I'm telling you. If you want to have your own, so just in case something doesn't work out, yeah. I don't know how long you plan on staying. I wouldn't stay no longer than a weekend. You know, you have some people that want to stay a whole week and a month and all this other shit. Mm -mm. The thing is, you don't want to be too dependent on the person that's hosting. Yeah, you can go meet the folks or whatever. But also, let people know back home where you are. Where you're going. I'm just telling you. Just to be safe. You're dealing with a total stranger. It's a whole different ballgame. See, usually the man is the first one to make a trip when it comes down to an LDR, long-distance relationship. The man does the travel. And if you decide to have a relationship that's going to be sustainable beyond that, it's a situation where usually the man will move to where the woman is. Depending on who has the most stable and productive employment. That's the anchor for many people. 
So if she's a doctor, we'll say in Nevada, and you're a truck driver in Tennessee, it would be easier for you to take your ass from Tennessee and get in a trucking company or get a transfer to Nevada. The worst thing, fellas, let me tell you something, the worst thing you could ever do is to invite a woman from another state that has a damn good job that pays her very well to relocate in a place where she's paid less and you guys are struggling. She will never let you live that shit down. She's going to be in your ass like ants in candy. She ain't going to let that shit ride. I'm just telling you. So don't put yourself there. Well, good people, I'm going to shut it down. I want you to enjoy your holiday festivities. I will talk to you on tomorrow. There will be other older episodes playing on tomorrow and throughout until the end of the year, until the 31st. And then we're going to start off brand new 2024. Now, there's one thing that I will ask that you guys do. I want you to reach out towards your TV set and say, could the Pittsburgh Steelers please get a decent quarterback that could at least keep them in the playoffs? Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful day. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.